0: Hey everyone, before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for the first story for sexual harassment. Also, I feel like I sound like a broken record with this, but I'm once again starting to get low on stories. So if any of you have a story that you think might be worth sending in, and you wouldn't mind taking the time to write it out, consider sending it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. All that being said, let's go ahead and get into the stories, and remember to always stay hungry. When I was 18 and newly graduated, I had ran into some issues with my attempts to enroll in college and also had a hard time finding a job in my area in the meantime which led to me having to sign on at the job center. They determined that I was too shy to succeed in interviews and had placed me in a group that was supposed to teach interview skills in order to fix that. The group ended up ultimately being a complete waste of time. I honestly think they put me in the wrong group or just needed an extra member and made an excuse to throw me in to make up the numbers, but that's not really relevant to the story. And the other group members didn't too much to help with my shyness either, since they were all men who were at least four decades older than me, and obviously didn't share any of my interests. Unfortunately, I ended up gaining the attention of one member that I wanted nothing to do with. I don't actually remember the man's name at this point, but I think it was something generic like John, so that's what I'll call him. John immediately got off on the wrong foot with the rest of the group when he interrupted the instructor during their introduction to the course to complain to him that being there was useless since he would be retiring in a few years anyways, and how no one wanted to hire someone who had spent over 10 years in prison. When that didn't get him the reaction he wanted, I assume the rest of the group thought he was just attention seeking, and the instructor had heard similar things before from people who weren't happy about being in the course. He waited until he had been given paperwork to complete, and then turned to the man next to him and loudly explained his prison sentence was for beating his ex-wife, but that she was a lying bitch and he never put a hand on her. She didn't even have any bruises on her at the trial or any evidence of the bruises or other injuries before that either, but because she was a woman, the judge automatically believed her and sent him to jail. This immediately set me on edge. I'm not an expert when it comes to the law, but I do watch true crime channels on YouTube, and I've never heard of a sentence of over 10 years for a single beating that supposedly never even happened and didn't leave visible injuries. Either John was lying and had been severely beating his wife to the point of putting her in the hospital, or he had been arrested on other charges and was simply covering up what he actually went to prison for. I immediately decided that I wanted nothing to do with him regardless of which one it was, and I would avoid interacting with him as much as possible outside of polite hellos and passing him things if asked. Like I said before, I didn't really interact much with the other members of the group at all because of their ages. I attended the first half of the meeting in the morning, and I spent the dinner break in the library while all the men all snuck off to the pub and then went home immediately after the second half was over. No one ever asked me how I had spent my breaks, and since the pub and the library were in the opposite directions from each other and couldn't be seen from the front of the building the group met in because of the way the streets were arranged, there would have been no way for any of them to know where I had been, which made what happened next even more worrying. About halfway through the course, there was a day where I'd bumped into a friend on my dinner break and decided to put off visiting the library until the course was over for the day to try and catch up with them instead. When I did get around to it, I spent at least a quarter of an hour there before heading to the desk to check out my books, and I ended up being drawn into a conversation by the librarian who had noticed I was checking out books related to a franchise he also enjoyed and that was getting a new movie the next year. There were only a handful of other people in the library, so I didn't see anything wrong with talking to a friendly man around my age who had shared my interest. after eight hours of boredom and paperwork. We had been talking for another quarter of an hour when he had suddenly glanced over my shoulder, looking confused and concerned, and was just opening his mouth to say something when someone then grabbed me by my shoulders. My friends and family know that I hate having my shoulders touched without warning and would never have done that to me so i immediately knew that whoever was touching me was a stranger and i knocked their hands away from me while turning around and then backing up into the librarian's desk it was john he was standing directly behind me with a huge smile on his face and as soon as i turned around he made a joke about knowing he would find me there and how i practically lived there before chattering at me as if we were close friends i was just completely confused It was obvious that he hadn't just coincidentally bumped into me from the way he was talking, but John had been kept behind while the group was heading out because he had filled out his paperwork incorrectly. And as I mentioned before, you can't see the library from the building, so he shouldn't have had any way of seeing where I had gone. It had also been half an hour since I left the building, so if he had left not long after me and just seen me go while we were walking the same direction, he would have come inside by then. The only way it made sense for him to know to look for me there, and also joke that I practically lived there, would be if he somehow learned I was going to the library during the dinner breaks, knowing that I hadn't that day, and guessed I would go after the meeting instead. What made that even stranger than it already was, is the fact that John had never shown any interest in me during the group sessions, and mostly ignored me the way I ignored him. You know, unless we were forced to interact for whatever reason. So why was he now following me into the other buildings to start conversations out of nowhere and acting like we were so close? While John was still talking, the librarian leaned in to ask if I knew the man, because he had obviously seen my negative reaction to being touched by John, and when I briefly explained the situation to him, he asked John politely to please leave me alone or leave the building. John refused, and he tried to tell the man that we were friends completely ignoring the fact that I just said that we weren't, and how ridiculous it would be to claim an 18-year-old girl and a 50-something, 60-something-year-old man were friends in the first place. When the librarian asked again and outright told him that harassing other customers wasn't acceptable and that he would be removed from the building if he refused to leave me alone, John then smiled and agreed to leave, in a tone that you use when humoring a child before walking out and then very obviously stationing himself right outside the doors, waiting for me to leave too. The librarian was clearly concerned by this, and had asked me for the full story of what was going on, and I told him, including my suspicions that John had been following me around without my knowledge to know that I would be there in the first place. He then suggested that I should stay in the library until his break so he could walk me to my bus stop just to make sure John left me alone, But it would be several hours, and if I had waited, I wouldn't have gotten home in time to change and head to another meeting that I had later that evening. So he asked me to at least come in the next time I was there just to let him know I was safe, and reluctantly watched me leave. John immediately stepped into my personal space when I got outside, jokingly asking what the librarian's problem was, and still acting like we were friends. I tried to walk around him without answering and just head to the bus station to go home, but he then grabbed my arm and reminded me that there was a closer stop for our bus. When I told him that we aren't getting on the same bus and I had never seen him on the same one as me, he then corrected me that we both needed this specific bus and told me where he lived, which was in fact on the same bus route as me. Although I was still tempted to walk away and go to the station instead and possibly sneakily get on a different bus and walk the rest of the way home. It was very clear he was going to follow me if I did, because he still had hold of my arm, refusing to let go when I tried to pull away, and there were also several dark alleys on the way that I had no intention of going anywhere near while in his company. When I agreed to the closer bus stop, he let go of me and started walking in my side, chattering away like we were good friends again. John kept walking when we reached the stop, which was odd, but I was hoping that my lack of response to anything he said had made him give up and decide to leave me alone, or that he had mixed up that stop with one further along, and I could run while his back was turned. No luck. As soon as he realized that I wasn't following him anymore, John came back, frowning as if he was confused, and then asking me, I thought we were going for coffee together. Shocked, I told him bluntly no. He kept pushing, trying to convince me that I had agreed to go with him, and when that didn't work, he switched tactics and he claimed that I had mentioned while leaving the classroom that I wanted some coffee, so he thought we could go together. That was an obvious lie, too, since I don't drink coffee, and I told him so. John's only answer was to say that I didn't have to get coffee, and then kept pushing me to go to a cafe with him. I firmly told him no, and apparently he took that as me not wanting to drink in public because he attempted to invite me to his flat, and if that wasn't weird enough, he then started telling me if there was a naked girl on the couch when we get there, that I'm not to worry because that's his 18-year-old daughter, because an 18-year-old is definitely going to lounge around naked on her father's furniture right in front of him, right? Other people at the stop were staring at us now and I took that opportunity to point out that I was also an 18-year-old, and firmly tell John that I don't want to go to his flat with him and to please leave me alone. He completely ignored the last part, and he tried to claim that I was lying about my age and that I was at least 29, when most people at the time still mistook me for being in my early teens at first glance. The bus had arrived right at that moment, and I got on as quickly as possible, thinking I would be safe there and that the driver would throw him off if need be. No. When I sat in an aisle seat to stop John sitting next to me, he physically shoved me across the seat, pinning me against the window to the point that I could barely move, and then pressing his knees up against the seat in front of him just to make sure I had no room to get past him unless he allowed it. The only way for me to get out would have involved me straddling his lap since the seats in front of us were occupied. I loudly told him to move and to leave me alone, but he ignored me and continued to try to convince me to come to his flat, and although a few people gave me uncomfortable looks, when I tried to make eye contact with some of the men in hopes they would help, they would look away as if they hadn't noticed or suddenly become very interested in their phones. I spent the ride huddled against the window trying to touch him as little as possible, and I was ignored yet again when I shouted at him to stop touching me because he kept putting his hand on my thigh as high up as he could without directly groping me. No one did anything about it, but he did stop touching me after that. He had apparently also given up on convincing me to go to his flat that day, but when we were coming up the apartment block, he pointed it out to me, physically turning my face when I refused to look. Then he told me his apartment number and actually tried to give me a kiss goodbye on the cheek which I dodged before getting off the bus and knocking on the opposite window to try and get my attention so he could wave at me. When the bus set off again, several people started loudly talking about how disgusting he was and that men like him should be reported, while refusing to look in my direction where I sat shaking and seething in my seat. And other than an awkward, hey, are you alright, from the driver, just as I was about to step off the bus, no one even bothered to check on me. As soon as I got home, I had actually sent an email to the instructor, telling her that I wanted to switch groups, and never see that man again, explaining what he had done. She read it, but she pretty much ignored it for an entire week until I sent a follow-up, threatening to get the police involved if they ever forced me to interact with that man ever again, and their solution was to tell me that I could leave the course early instead, essentially kicking me out as if I was the problem. I bumped into the man not long afterwards, and he tried asking why I hadn't been attending the group anymore, admitting that he had asked the instructor and they refused to tell him, but I managed to get away and lose him in the crowd. I've seen him a few times in passing in the years since, but fortunately he's never noticed me or approached me again, and I hope it stays that way. I'm a 23-year-old female, and a few years back I was driving home after taking my dad to the airport for a late flight. It was already dark when I left the airport, and I still had a three-hour drive home. A few hours into the drive, I get recalculated to some windy back road highway. There were no cars or street lights, and so it was a pretty dark and creepy road. As I turned a curve. I noticed a black car come out of nowhere and start to ride my bumper, then blue lights. The road was so dark Then I had to drive for a minute to find a spot with at least a few small lights where I could pull over. The officer came up to my window and asked if I knew that my tags were expired. I thought it was kind of odd because I was driving my mom's car, and she's usually pretty on top of things like that, but it was more so the way he talked that made me uneasy. He was speaking pretty fast, like he was in a hurry or something. As he's standing in my window, before he even gets my license and registration, his radio beeps and he tells me that he has to go on another call. He practically runs back to the car and speeds off. I head back home, half-worded out, half-thanking God that I didn't get a ticket. I kind of rush it off until I go outside to my car the next day and find that my tags were not due to expire for two more months. It could have been a simple mistake, but I couldn't help recalling how weird the whole incident was. He could have misread the number, but looking back, I wonder what could have happened if he was someone with bad intentions. From then on, I only pull over in well-populated areas, and if a safe option is unavailable, I call 911 just to make them aware. so I'm sure I'm going to sound crazy here, but I'm super creeped out from a recent interaction at a grocery store. I was shopping with my toddler, and an older lady, maybe 70ish, who was by herself had just came up and said, Ma'am, just so you know, all the canned veggies are in sale for 50 cents this week, and went on about how it's a great deal and they don't run it often. I just said thanks. I appreciate the heads up, and I'll definitely go grab a few on my way out." She then begins to walk away and is almost out of sight, when she then stopped and looked back and then smiled at my son. She then asked how old he was. I told her that he was just over a year, and then she asked if he was my only child, along with some other random questions about him. Then she goes, "'Hey, I just remembered that I have some clothes in my trunk all boy stuff in the 2T to 3T range, and had asked if I wanted it. I politely declined. I said that we'll be shopping a while, and I didn't want to hold her up. She then proceeds to say, Oh, it's no problem. I'll just wait outside, and then I can come back in and find you before you leave. Are you a single mom? Do you need them? I got this gut feeling that something was off about this lady, and I just said nope not a single mom, and we have all the clothes we need, and then I thanked her for the offer. She tried a few more times, saying things like, I just don't know what to do with them. If you could use them, I'd really be happy to give them all to you. At this point, it just really felt like she was trying to lure me and my son to her car. I continued to decline the offer, and then walked away. I did a few more laps around the store looking for things I needed, And at one point, I saw her standing in an aisle in the center of the store with a younger man, just people watching. I could just be super paranoid, and maybe she was just a sweet old lady trying to be nice, but something in me just told me to get out of the conversation as quickly as possible. I feel like parents will know that having a small child with you will make strangers talk to you all the time, and also make small talk about your sweet kiddos. But this convo didn't feel the same as the others I've had while out and about with my son. Has anyone else had a similar experience? This happened when I was 10 years old. I was at a ski resort with my dad, stepmom, and three sisters. When this happened, my two sisters, dad and stepmom, were still out skiing. But me and my sister, Ava, got cold. So we went back to the hotel to go get some food. We had sat at the restaurant in the hotel until my stepmom came down. We asked her if she could hold the table so we could go up to the room quickly so that we could drop off our ski jackets. So we take the elevator and once we get off we start to walk to our room. That's when I then hear someone behind me then say, Hey! Keep in mind we're both about 11 at the time. I didn't think he was talking to us, so I just ignored it. We walked into our room, but before we can close the door, the man steps in the doorway. He was tall, probably about six foot, and he looked pretty old. Maybe about in his early 60s or late 50s, and he was wearing the hotel staff uniform, but just without the logos. The thing that raised a big red flag was that he was wearing black surgical gloves. He then says, Hey, I was talking to you. We then spin around, caught off guard. Ava then says, Um, us? To which he then says, Yeah, you guys. I was wondering if you could grab a pitcher for me and come into my room and pour some water for me. Our parents always told us to never trust strangers, and we already got a bad vibe from him, so we politely declined. His tone then got a bit annoyed, and he said, Come on, it'll only take a second. Can you please just pour me some water in my room? At this point, we already knew this wasn't right, so we said no yet again. The conversation went back and forth for about three minutes, until he actually tried to walk into our room. Our instincts kicked in at this point, and I then ran towards the door, and then said, Sir, we're good and I then slammed the door on him. Ava and I sat in our hotel room for about ten minutes panicking on how we are going to leave to go talk to our parents because we had left our phones downstairs. We looked out at the people and he was gone, so we bolted down the hallway and ran back down the stairs to the restaurant. Once we told our stepmom she was mortified and she went to office security. They had interviewed us and they had asked for his description because they didn't have any cameras in the hallway. We gave them the description, and they told us that nobody with the description worked there, and that most of them were young, broke college students. It was at this point that it really set in that if we had accepted and helped this man, we might have died. So please everyone, teach your kids about stranger danger, and to the creepy hotel guy that didn't actually even work there, I pray and hope that we never encounter you again. This is a story of someone I knew and had cut ties with because he was a fucking psycho. The first half will be to add context as to why I cut him off, and the second half is what makes it a let's not meet. I don't know if he uses Reddit, so I'll omit ages and locations. It started about four years ago when I was living at a friend's house while attending a nearby university. It was myself, my friend, his sister, and their parents. Roughly about two weeks into staying there, my friend's sister had invited her boyfriend to live into the house too, and by all accounts, he was a pretty cool guy, at first. Very sociable and really full of great stories. We often sat around the table for drinks, or we talked about life while having a smoke out in the garden. Within the first month, however, as he started to get comfortable, cracks started to show in his veneer. He would rant about government conspiracy, how he was always a wronged party, how he was big into sigma male bullshit and martial arts, and oh hell how he had a temper. He had this big dog that he always kept in the cage that was extremely violent when he wasn't around. The dog actually attacked his girlfriend and had to be put down. That's when the guilt trips towards her began, and the ranting became incessant. About two months later, he had the bright idea to live in a shipping container, mainly because the parents wanted him out, and he had dragged his girlfriend along for the ride. This was a rented container in a storage yard among the outskirts of the town we were living in. He would intimidate and threaten the staff there constantly until they called the police. This of course was another conspiracy. He became increasingly abusive to his girlfriend to the point where the family got involved to get her out of there. I stuck close to them having to pretend to be on his side until we could safely get her out. They broke up, which he blamed me for, claiming that I was poisoning her against him to make her mine. She has a new partner now, and they're very happy. We all blocked the Psycho X on everything possible, but he continued to harass them until he eventually disappeared, or so we thought. Fast forward to last year. I started to receive messages over social media from several different accounts, blocking each one in turn when I discovered who it was, some friendly and some hostile. One of these profiles, however, was pretending to be someone that I knew from university. We talked about life and how things were going, and eventually I was invited to a house party, claiming it was a free house and plenty of people were coming. I booked the time off work, made my travel plans. I kept talking to this friend coming up to the date of the party. I mentioned it to my friend's sister, and she was interested in going herself, until I mentioned the address, and she panicked. The address in question was a property belonging to the crazy ex's father that was scheduled for sale. I waited until the day of the party, and I called the police to check the property, claiming a suspected break-in. They found five people there, including the ex. Parked out in front was a butcher's van equipped with food storage and a collection of knives, hammers, and rope. Yeah, terrifying shit. This seems small in comparison to all the stories I've read on here, but I'm a 19-year-old female. My whole life I've lived on a small isolated road about 15 minutes away from the city. My parents built the house that my siblings and I have lived in our whole lives. I have three siblings, all of us being females. We have neighbors but aren't too close together like an urban community. One of our next door neighbors, let's call him Frank, has lived on his property about as long as my parents have. Growing up, I've always gotten a weird gut feeling from this man, and my mom has always told me to listen to it. I've never been alone with him and I never plan on it. He lives alone. He had a girlfriend when I was around 10 years old, and he had a dog who sadly passed away a few years back. My older sister and I would go over to his house and spy on him through a small hole in his barn when we were younger. Tons of pornography was hung up all over his barn. Growing up, he showed up to our house whenever we would have a bonfire or any event where he could hear people having fun, always unwelcome, and it's obvious no one wants him there, but he would still never leave. His excuse for this behavior is being drunk. Around June, I had a graduation party at my house for graduating high school. It was absolutely perfect, and I was surrounded by all of my loved ones. While things were wrapping up and people started heading home, Frank continued to stay, quite usual for how he is, but nonetheless frustrating. We began to have fun, and it got to a point where the only adults there were my parents and Frank. My mom and went inside to go to bed, and my dad was beginning to get tired, and kept hinting to Frank that he should be heading home soon. Frank just said, All right, man. He then proceeded to pull out a chair and sit, and watch us all play cub pong while staring at minors' asses. My older sister went up to my dad and expressed how uncomfortable it had made her. You know, how he was staring at a bunch of miners' asses. My dad is not a confrontational man, but always made sure that we feel safe and comfortable, and he will be confrontational when the time comes. My dad then told Frank that he needed to leave immediately. Frank refused, then saying, I think I'll stay here and watch over the kids while you go to bed. That right there sets us all off. One of my friends then starts yelling at Frank, telling him he needs to leave, and that it's not okay for him to be here, and after we asked him multiple times to go, he eventually leaves, but ever since then, he's been making extremely gross and inappropriate comments to my dad about how attractive my younger sister is, who's only 17. My dad has confronted him multiple times, and he will not change this behavior, and will still come over after being told to stay on his property. Whenever I leave my house to go anywhere, especially at night, Frank always watches me through his window and just freaks me out. He gives us all such a weird creepy gut feeling, and nothing we do to confront him seems to work out. He's done a lot of weird things like this all throughout my childhood, but it's been at an all-time high recently. If anyone has any ideas on how to stop this, please leave it in the comments. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay hungry.